0: Welcome to Warren Radio, with your hosts, The Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening.
1: Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. I'm Tower, here with The Watchman, and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence through our contact page at warren usacom you can find Warren Radio on Truth Social, MeWe, Parlor, CloudHub, Getter, Tumblr, and Linktree. You can listen and download our shows by going to warren-usa.com and danaglensmith.com. You'll also find Warren Radio on the following website streamers: Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Anchor, Deezer, PodChaser, and Verbal. Don't miss these posts on Warren-USA.com and DanaGwynSmith.com. Do not miss this post, The Epic Saga of Responsibility. Thus, the Epic Saga of Responsibility is the charge given, the witnesses revealed, and the testimony spoken concerning these things. This Epic Saga of Responsibility is written as a prose. Do not miss this post, Persecution, Murdering of the Just. You have killed the just, and he does not resist you, so says James. Scripture itself points to the difference between the just and the wicked. Do not miss this post. America, grace, God's grace. Self-willed, but God-loved. Mankind has been on the cusp of danger since the fall of man. Latest post on warren-usa.com. Do not miss this post, Secrets of God and Men, Part 1 on Sound the Shofar. We will look at the mysteries and secrets of God and men. The secret counsels, the hidden mysteries, and the unknown have drawn people from the beginning. Do not miss this post, Bringing America Down by Obfuscation of the Truth. Obfuscation is a willful is the willful obsecuring of the intended meaning of communication by making the message difficult to understand. Do not miss this post, Truth of God's Faithfulness, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 50, On Battle Lines. The very works or wonderful things that have been done can be seen from the heavens he created to the earth and all things therein we can behold how he dealt with Israel. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller. The Rising details a takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter by going to dana.glinsmith.com, where you can also visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop where the Rising is featured and other Christian books as well as resources from our vision media. And now I welcome in the Watchmen. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good.
1: Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight?
0: Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Doing great. Even though it's snowy and cold outside, our winter has started.
0: Yep. The first, well, we didn't get a lot of snow, but we got two to four inches down here, eight to ten up on the mountain. And definitely colder.
1: Yes, it is.
0: And so I th- I think that's uh, what you would qualify as uh, cold winter weather.
1: Yes, I do anyway.
0: So at any rate, well, we do have listeners living in warmer climates. And some of those listeners are actually enjoying other kinds of weather. But uh, we get real white stuff and cold. And, of course, you know, when you get in November, you're getting into the end of the hunting season. But uh, they've already been hunting for probably, you know, three months now.
1: That sounds about right.
0: So, at any rate, we are back again. We uh-huh. are getting everything, assembling uh, equipment, upgrading stuff as we can. We got everything moved. And so uh, we're beginning a winter in a new location and uh, a new residence. So,
1: thank the Lord.
0: Yeah. So, at any rate, uh, we do have a, a Wednesday Advocacy for the Persecuted Church broadcast on Wednesdays. And we have this one, which is a long running Isaiah series. And then we have a Survival uh, series on uh, Friday, Friday morning. So, you can go to our websites at warn-usa.com. That's WARN Radio. That's where all of our audios are. You can also get them on a lot of other places. If you listen to the intro to this, uh, Tower gives a list of where you can find our shows. We have listeners on a lot of different networks. So... At any rate, here we are. It's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday, <clears throat> and uh, we we do look forward to the weekend. <coughs> Maybe you're not supposed to, but I don't know.
1: It's nice to have the rest.
0: And of course, after the weekend, you know, there there comes the. Uh, election. And uh, everybody's talking about that. Let's see. That's on the 8th, isn't it, Tara? Tower? Yes,
1: on Tuesday. May God have mercy on us.
0: Yeah, because we need to get things changed and turned around.
1: We do. Yes, we do.
0: So for somebody that... uh, goes through isaiah been doing it for a long time we recognize the signs of judgment as well as uh, a pressure built up to get people to repent and so uh, that's where we are and uh, so there again don't forget to check out the other shows also our other website at (coughs) danyglennsmith.com which we're doing some upgrades on, little bitty ones uh, as far as uh, improving various security aspects of it and uh, that one we've been having a little trouble with it uh, uh, now and again intermittent where it'll uh, go offline for a bit so if you're over on danaglensmith.com and it goes off, uh, please go on over to Warren-USA.com. Send us an email uh, about the time and the date that it that it went off. But for many many years, it's done good, and uh, we're still working on it because we do have a lot uh, a lot of little itty bitty hardening of the security codes, uh, which is something that. Uh, uh, we're working on now so it's kind of interesting yeah so this week we we are in Isaiah part 149 what's our show going to be about tower
1: well lord has comfor- comforted brings us to part 149 with Isaiah's prophetic book it brings us to the edge of judgment Puts us at the mercy of God and lets the grace of God nurture his people, while the justice of God will set the enemies of God and his people at war with each other. The city of God shall stand as the wicked shall be laid low. The prophet lays it out, and history has shown the truth of the many historical events <coughs> therein, including of Judah and Babylon, yet included is prophetic events yet to come in the finalizing of the redemption of the Gentiles. And now back to you. I'll see you on the other side.
0: Okay. Well, there is no doubt when we talk about Isaiah that uh, we have a lot of prophetic stuff in it. And the verse we're going to be starting out on is Isaiah 49.11. I will make all my mountains away and my highways shall be exalted. And these are very prophetic. Usually when you look at mountains today, unless you're a mountain climber, you look for a road to drive over it. If there's smaller hills, smaller mountains, you know you can walk over them, but it really talks about the way of the Lord and the coming time uh, when he does arrive and uh, isaiah sixty two ten through eleven and we've got a few chapters to go before we get to this verse, but basically. Uh, We look at it and it says, go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Now they're getting ready to leave. They're getting ready to go somewhere. So you get the stones out of the street. Now see, they're not like today. We have pavement And, and it's supposed to be smooth. Sometimes we have holes in that pavement. But this talks about going through the gates, preparing the way of the people by getting everything out of the way and lift up a standard for the people to know where to gather so they can all leave together. Verse 11, Behold, the Lord has proclaimed unto the end of the world, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold thy salvation cometh behold his reward is with him and his work before him now when we look today in the new covenant you know we are also waiting for Zion as well and our salvation comes as well and the reward is with the lord and uh, so this this is a real cool prophecy Because, you know, we're talking about Judah that's going to be delivered out of Babylon. And Babylon is going to be destroyed, going to be judged. And when we look at uh, Revelation, for instance, we have a mystery Babylon that will be destroyed. And uh, we also have a Zion and uh, we have a Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. So there's a lot of types here that that carry over, and the whole emphasis is the promise of God, the faithfulness of God, and a, and God having a people that have a way. He will make a way for them, and I think that's the thing we wanna wanna understand. And of course, if you were in um captivity like Judah was for 70 years you wouldn't have you know the weapons you wouldn't have the army you wouldn't have the horses you wouldn't have the money uh the crops uh, or nothing you would just have what you as a slave would have or a captive of Babylon would have so it, it basically goes back to the same thing when Israel was in captivity in Egypt, they didn't have nothing, and of course, when they got ready to go, uh, the Lord said, and you know about the children of Israel that they spoiled um, the Egyptians. In other words, the Egyptians had given them uh, a lot of things. They they had cattle and sheep and everything you could need to get them on their journey, and they made sure they had them. And of course, the Lord had given them favor for that. And so if the Lord's going to deliver his people, he's got to provide a way. And that even goes for the Christian church. That goes for Christians today. That goes even for Israel. You know, and and the whole issue here is, is, how am I going to be delivered? Well, he will make all my mountains away and my highways shall be exalted. The highways being exalted above any of the valleys, any of the problems, and the mountains away, you know, they're going to be made into that highway. They're going to be flattened. Um, and, And it depicts that opening, that escape, that what God is going to do. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed unto the end of the world. I like that. And he has proclaimed unto the end of the world. That's why we have Revelation. And also you can look in uh, the books, um, you know, in the Tanakh. And God is a God of beginnings. He's also a God of the ending. He is Alpha and Omega, Omega, the beginning and the end. But with God, there is no end. But there is an end as far as man and nations are concerned. There comes a time when they're done with. And there comes a time when a nation reaches um, its quotient uh, for judgment, when judgment comes in the pull. And that is when the sin and iniquity has reached its fullness. In Luke 3, 4 through 6, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now that depicts, you know, if, if you are a servant of the Lord and and see he's coming. So when when he comes, you're going to make sure that you're walking in the path that he requires you to walk in. So you prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming. And you want to make sure that you're walking his path straight and narrow, as they say. And every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill shall be brought low. The crooked shall be straight, made straight. And the rough way shall be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Now, I really like that. Because you put this with... uh, some of the other scriptures out of Isaiah, and some of the songs of the church even, one of which is marching to Zion. And every valley is going to be filled, every mountain and hill is going to be brought low, and the crooked will be straight. That's because the Lord has come back. And remember that... uh, we know that the Lord told us that the heavens will be rolled up like a scroll. And, you know, you, you have everything that's going to be laid out. And so you're, <laughs> there's not going to be any escape. You're going to be right before God, and you're going to be able to straight and narrow. And like the song says, marching to Zion. That, that's a wonderful song. And, and you can see it, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. They will, but that doesn't mean all flesh are going to be saved because there, there is that point in the great white throne judgment where the wicked actually come up and stand before God and he judges them. And it's from there that they go into um, perdition, destruction, and so, you know, if you're captive and you're being delivered, you want a straight road home. You, you don't want to climb mountains. Uh, and you're going to be weak because you've been in captivity. You may be a little stronger, you know. But the bottom line of it is you're not going to want to mess around. You're going to want to get home and stay home. And I like this, all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Luke 3, 4 through 6. And uh, 49, 12 says, Behold, these shall come from far and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinem. I like that when we talk about collecting these from all over the place. And of course, that is in, uh, you can see that with Israel because even God said when he's delivering the uh, the Jews, bringing them, uh, he's going to bring them from all over as well. And uh, their scriptures, like the nations of them that are saved, will bring their glory into the heavenly Jerusalem or, or Zion, and see, this is this is the picture of glory, but it's a picture of deliverance, and that God is going to bring them from all over the entire world. And uh, of course, when we're talking about <clears throat> Israel, which is the northern tribes. And Judah, which is a southern tribe, Judah was basically uh, in Babylon while some of them were left in the land to help work the land. And then you had uh, Israel itself, which were the other ten tribes, and they were carried away by Assyria. It was uh, Sennacherib's uh, father who actually did that. And they had a policy of getting the people they conquered and intermarrying with their own people. And they were mixed among the nations at that time. And, of course, it helped to scatter them all over the place. And even to this day, we have Jews coming from all over the world back to Israel. And that's going to continue to happen. And it, it's an amazing thing that Israel, you know, they they recently had their fifth election uh, because they haven't been able to get a a president. Finally, Netanyahu won out again, and now he's going to be the PM over there. But Netanyahu, he is uh, a conservative, as far as. Uh, being a Jew, and he's going to uh, protect Israel. And so when you're talking Isaiah, you're talking about a major prophet that spent time to write one of the largest or the largest, I I would be surprised to say probably the largest uh, book uh, in the Scripture. But it's certainly one of the most prophetic because it deals with the Messiah. It deals with the Gentiles. It deals with uh, God uh, saving the Gentiles. It it talks about the end. It talks about the millennium. It talks about everything. So this is all encompassed in this. In Revelation 7.10, and see there again, here's this theme again. Um, in verse 12 of, of uh, chapter 49 of Isaiah, Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and the west, and from the land of uh, Sinem. And you have this where we're talking about a, a vast multitude from all over. Okay, that that's the picture. I mean, the, God is bringing them from everywhere. Now, when you look at Revelation 7, that's uh, uh, the new covenant, and of course God didn't didn't destroy the covenant. Uh, Christ Himself said, "I've come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it." So when you look, you see in Revelation seven, nine through ten. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues and stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. It's always glory to God. You know, always And I think that's. Uh, and I think it's interesting in the Hebrew, the land of Sinim, uh, in the English, we call that the land of sin, or the inhabitants of the land of sin, or the people of sin. I find that interesting. Because they, they got in trouble because of sin. And, of course, um, there were those in the land of sin. Well, if you look at America, man, you, you would definitely think that you're in the land of sin. I mean, there's no no doubt to it. Now, the Septuagint points this as an eastern country. Uh, scholars have thought it uh, associated with China. But uh, the bottom line of it is, is that uh, it's from the East. uh, But it's interesting to note that, uh, again, when God brings his people, he's bringing them from all over. And Mm -hmm. I like that, Uh, you know, the land of Sinim or sin. And, uh, You know, you can look at America today, and you can say, we're a land of sin, definitely. So it's good to see that from the land of sin, there's going to be people that are going to be leaving and going to God. So apparently not all the people in the land of sin are sinners. Thank God for that. See, well, that's, you know, today, though, uh, because of the covenant, that's exactly what God does. He delivers them out of sin. And, of course, the New Covenant is about that, you know. And so, and look at Israel, too. You say, well, Israel was under the law. They were. But God found a way to correct them. Uh, and here we're talking being sent into captivity for 70 years. And when he brought them back, they had already paid the penalty for what they did. And they were then reunited with the Lord. And they were okay, and he could bless them. And so, as I've said, and you can find it in Isaiah, God's judgment is about mercy, and it's about mercy. Unless you're one of those being judged that are unrepentant, then you're in trouble. And uh, Romans fifteen eight through thirteen. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice you Gentiles with his people, Again, praise you, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and laud him, all you people. And again, Isaiah say, uh, saith, there shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now that's where we are today, right now. And so when we're talking about gathering, you know, there is a lot of Jews also that, uh, Messianic Jews, that will, you know, are are going to be gathered. And so God is, is going to be bringing Israel. Even Paul says all of Israel shall be saved. But it's good to note that for the pagan Gentiles who were, you know, they're... They had their own various religious uh, things, but they were uh, more often than not led into uh, immorality. <laughs> so when I look at America and I talk about judgment on America, you know, uh, of course, America has all kinds of people here, Jews, Gentiles, you know, Mexicans, they've got Italians, they've got every race you could think of. But the thing that's common to man, including Jews, and that is sin, and that is what Yahshua, Jesus, the root of Jesse, that is Yahshua, shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, and in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now that that is one of the reasons that that you have Christians sitting in churches studying the Bible and looking for the coming of Christ because they trust In the Lord. And so, and of course, along with that is hope and joy. So when we talk about this, it's interesting to note that if you were there and had been in captivity. Now, there are some scholars that said that as far as the Jews, there were Jews that after Cyrus had uh, crushed Babylon, Babylon, and got rid of the power structure there and he admitted that God had appeared to had uh, personally called him <clears throat> and so there were some of them that didn't go back into the land they stayed there And, uh, but they did go back a good amount of them and it took a while for them to get it all done uh, Isaiah forty nine thirteen, Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing. O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. And see, that, that is the mercy of God. And see, with, uh, with Yahshua going to the cross uh, and him overcoming sin, death, and the grave, There is that part where, you know, you being afflicted with sins and separation from God can find healing. And the Jews likewise, you know, were separated from God in the blessing. They did not have the temple. Uh, They didn't have the temple scrolls. Um, They didn't have a line of priests. They they had them, but they weren't official. They were in captivity. And so you, by the time it was done, God did have mercy on his people. It was after 70 years. And so they went back into the land and they had their priests. They had their Torah scrolls. They had their temple. And uh, that's the mercy of God. And the Lord has comforted his people. And that's what Isaiah is saying here as all of this context comes together. God is is comforting his people. But there again, we see nature singing, the heavens singing, be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, uh, O mountains. And we always, always see this. Even the Lord brought it up when he came into Jerusalem. And, of course, some of the Pharisees and the priests were there, and they didn't like the fact that they had treated him uh, you know, uh, behold, Zion, thy Lord cometh, sitting on an ass, you know, uh, <laughs> a donkey, the pole, uh, a pole, a colt, you know, and riding into Jerusalem. And they were all praising him. And uh, apparently he had heard him talking. And he says, I, behold, I tell you, if, if they held their peace, even these very stones would sing. And and I find that interesting because we see this a lot in Scripture. You know, and, you know, can the heavens sing? Can they be joyful? Can the earth break forth into singing in the mountains and the trees, you know, and if you, if you remember a lot of that, the tree, the trees will clap their hands and, and uh, you know, you can see the mountains bowing before his majesty. I mean, it's just like, we can't imagine that kind of a scene because we are limited by our own nature as humans, because, you know, we've been on this earth for so long, humans have. And in, in the eyes of God, it's not long at all. But it's hard for us to see. But, you know, I've been out in a summer day up in the mountains. And all the trees looked healthy. The water was a beautiful blue. And everything just seemed perfect. And as I, as I remember this... I remember thinking, you know, this is this is, you know, this creation of God that I'm enjoying, is actually praising God for what God has given him. He's given him a nice day. He's given him sun. He's given him water. You know, you have the animals that were doing good. I mean, you can see it if you look. But when I look at this. You can see it. Well, the actual calling out. And and I think they could. I don't see any trouble with that. But in the same token, I think in their own way that you'll be able to see this, that you'll see them bowing and doing various uh, uh, um, submissions to God and rejoicing. Uh, so glorious liberty and deliverance of the children of God. And... Of course, this here, when we look at this, this signifies the world being glorified. And the Lord God delivers His people from captivity in Babylon. And, uh, and of course, here we also see that the Messiah would be a light to the Gentiles. And God's redemption and deliverance will not be stopped. And uh God will not forget those who are his. So this is definitely glory. And when you live in a world that has glorious things in it, but it's still not perfect. You know, when we're talking about, you know, the time that the Lord returns and everything's been remade and you have the heavenly Jerusalem then you're going to have a place that is unlike anything you have ever seen, and it will be perfect. So it's hard for us, as Paul says, we look through a glass darkly, yet as we do that, we know what God's revealed through Scripture. So we know, um, and and I was working on, on this today for an article I'm working on, you know, and we see the Lord in everything that he does. And the one thing that I think stood out was uh, in a little scripture where he says about him loving the Father. He, he You know, he was showing, showing his love for the Father when he came. And... Uh, And and so you've got grace and you've got love. And, you know, people act as if grace is new with the new covenant. Well, the thing that makes it new is that Yahshua sealed it with his blood. But God always had grace. He always had mercy. He always had justice. He always had these attributes. Because even Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he has not changed. He was God before. He was God while he was on earth, and he's God afterwards. And the Father has never changed. I am the Lord thy God. I change not. And so we need to remember that because many times we try to put it in the same limited manner that uh, that we put ourselves in, that we're put in. Isaiah twelve one through six. In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, and thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortedest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. I love that. I love that phrase. But see, we also remember that the lord stood up on on, on the, um one of these uh, feast days i can't remember which one it was and he said whosoever believeth in me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water and so you can't get away from that water the wells of salvation you cannot get away with, uh from that at all because there is that just like water is self you know is a sustaining force for all life here on earth. So when we talk about the coming kingdom and the Lord, there is the wells of salvation and and there is that water that will fill your belly and will bring you redemption. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And see, when we when we talk about Israel coming out of Egypt, the Lord was in the midst of them. Uh, when you find them going into the promised land, he was the same way. But when you find them... I mean you can look under David you can look when they when Joshua uh led them out and into the promised land you know you can you can follow that when uh Solomon you know was reigning uh, the Lord was literally in the midst of of Israel and all their people but it was after Solomon that Israel got divided into two houses and it was also the northern tribes that were carried away first. The Lord was was not in the midst of them. They had uh, grievously erred. Uh, Judah as well, and they were sent away for seventy years. So the the, the whole thing is this, people. Is that Israel had the Lord there. They, he chose them. He was there with them from the beginning. They came out of the loins of Abraham. And yet they fell away. And so what do we say to the church in America? What do we say to Christians in America and around the world? If Israel fell away, we can fall away. If, if uh, the church we call the temple and the priests... And everything in, in Jerusalem was carried away captive because of their sins. Know this, O church. You can lose your gold edifices. You can lose your congregation. You can lose those, you know, cushioned pews that you sit your butts in. You know, you can lose that. Make no mistake. And, and that is why, you know, when it says make straight the way of the Lord, dear God in heaven, that's what it means. In the churches, make straight the way of the Lord. Don't mess around. Don't put up with the preachers that allow you to dance around with sin. Make straight. What is straight? The straight is the path that's lined up in the light of God. And the first thing we learn, you know, when we come to the Lord is in First John 1, Where the Lord is walking in the light. And it says that you must walk in the light as he is in the light. Then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And and, and this is a whole supernatural birth as well. You know he went to his own and his own received him not. But to as many as did receive him. To them gave him gave them the power to become the sons of God and they weren't they didn't give a power um, through you know any man made devices it was a supernatural power of the spirit of God that was given to them in John 1 so you know while you know Christians and Jews and we talk about the old covenant the new covenant there's a lot of differences but understand that the church of Jesus Christ is not replacing the Jews. The church of Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of what the Old Testament had begun under God and brought him out and it came out of the loins of Abraham who is the father of the faith. In 2 Thessalonians 13 and 17, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. you see how this is going here? As we go through Isaiah and we look in the New Testament, they confirm each other. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions to which you have been taught, whether by word or epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Now, in Isaiah 49. We're looking at verse 14, and I don't know if we're going to get through verse 14. Yeah, verse 14, we we just might. 14 through 16. Now, and, and, you know, when we go through these, you have different lines of thought. You know, and a line of thought could be one line, two lines, three lines or more. And there could be several lines of thought that he's covering. So Isaiah looks back at the period of suffering from the midst of this thought. Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. And he goes through numerous phrases to describe the captivity and and the trouble. And you know it's interesting because Isaiah said, you know, he, he he addresses it as if Zion said, "The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me." And it would have looked like that if you could have had Zion talk to you, uh, Zion during the time that they were carried away for eighty years. The land was forgotten. You know, the law was forgotten. There there was no priests. There was no prophets. There there wasn't much of anything. And you could easily say that the Lord has forgotten me. And uh, in verse 14, but Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me and my Lord has forgotten me. Now see, that is the verse right after the one that I led you through. <clears throat> Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. Now you see, that's too happy. You know, that's rejoicing. But if you're Zion, you look around and your lands are parched. There's no crops growing. The trees are dying. Jerusalem is broken down. There, there is no temple. There is no priest. There's no uh, shofar is the sounding. There's nothing. And so Zion is saying, the Lord has forsaken me. How can you praise anything or anybody? How can you praise and be happy? For the Lord has forgotten us. But see, the thing here, though, is that the Lord is bringing them back. And Zion is not going to be forsaken forever. The Lord is not going to forget his people. And and that's the key. And yes, there are times when there is tribulation and trouble. And and you may think, well, God has forsaken me. Where is he? How can I praise God? But, you know, it's these times you need to understand that your redemption and your salvation and your relationship to God is based on more than feeling. It's based on more than even your flesh. You know, one of the things that we overcome uh You know, in scripture when it talks about the end times, especially in Revelation, it says they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, that's the cross, the word of their testimony. That's where he said, If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father and his angels. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before the Father and his angels. And they love not their lives unto the death. Now that's where it says, "Whosoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel shall find it." Now that is wrapped up <clears throat> in Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. And you see, that's stark. But that that is something that God puts in there for the end day, last time church. Uh, and, it, and it's there in Revelation, and it stares you in the face when you look at it. And it says, when you're facing these tough times, do not worry about anything, even your own lives. And, and I think that's the part where you can look at the test, <laughs> and, and you can even be a little afraid. But see, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. So Zion says, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Romans eleven one through 5. Now this is a whole chapter that you can read done by Paul to the letter to the Romans. Romans, the Roman church over there, had a lot of Jewish believers, a lot of people, uh, Verse 1, I say then, as God cast away his people, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. Now, see, at the time he wrote this, you know, they haven't, weren't back in their land as a nation. See, today, Israel is back in the land. Now, they don't have all the land, and they don't have all of Israel, but they do have a good portion, and they're there. So they're back. But they weren't back when Paul wrote this. God has not cast away his people which he foreknew. Know ye not what the scripture says of Elias? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel saying, Lord, they have killed my prophets and dig down thy altars and I am left alone and they seek my life. I love this. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I reserve to myself 7,000 men which have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so, then, at this present time, there is also a remnant according to the election of grace. Now, you see, in America, I look at it like this. There are lots of people that have not bowed the knee to Baal in this country, that have not bowed the knee to satanic and darkness and hatred. But they still serve the Lord and they know who their Christ is. And see, this is what you have to understand. When we're going through Isaiah and how tough it was, we'll see God has made a way for them and he's going to make a way for us. But we are there with the same God, the same Savior, and we can move forward together. And verse 15, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will not I forget thee. And see here, the Lord puts himself in as a mother, uh, a mother's love. He sets forth his own love, comparing it to a mother's love. You know, she's not going to forget her child. The maternal instinct that God put in her and the love she has for that child. And so God brings this out in this verse here. uh, To the children of Israel, no, not at that time. There's no way. So that's that's the illustration that they do. In Isaiah 44, 21, Remember these, O Jacob and Israel, for thou art my servant, I have formed thee, thou art my servant, O Israel, thou shalt not be forgotten of me. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions, and as a cloud thy sins return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. Sing, O heavens, for the Lord has done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Bring forth into singing, ye mountains, O forests, and every tree therein. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorified himself as Israel. Now I told you earlier that when the children of Israel came out of that land in Babylon and God had sent Cyrus in, And they came out of there and God made arrangements. He He was going to deliver them. And he had forgiven them. They had served their time. And he was going to bring them back. Now that's deliverance. And that's their redemption in that. But see, Cyrus was that anointed one in the Old Testament that that God used to bring them out and, and get them redeemed again and in right favor But God used Yahshua, Jesus Christ, the son of our great God and father, who died on the cross for our sins, and in these last days has died, resurrected from the dead. He sealed the blood of the covenant so that we can be forgiven. We can rejoice. We are redeemed, and we will be glorified. So that there's not going to be male, female, Jew, or Gentile, but we'll be all one in Christ Jesus. Father, thank you for this word. Bless this word to the hearts, minds, souls, and spirits of all those that hear this whenever they hear it. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Tower.
1: Okay, here we are. Oh, If you just look at this and see the amazing mercy of God, the greatness of God and his great love for his people. One thing that you said that I really like was how being outside and seeing, you know, being in nature and seeing the animals and how they and things that are they worship God, they praise Him, and I like to think about that.
0: Well, I think in their own way, on a good day, God created them to praise Him and thank Him in their own way, and that's just being the creatures God made them to be. That's right. You know, He creates a, a a bird to fly, and they're flying and enjoying it and chirping up. You know, many times. In our other place where we lived, I'd be out late at night or early in the morning, and I would hear the animals because there were lots of animals around there. And you would see them. And there's nothing better. And a lot of people, they really do like that, watching wildlife or even domesticated animals because in their own way, they can rejoice. And... Uh, So, at any rate, we're going to have to say good night.
1: Okay, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Whenever you do, we always are glad you do. And we love you and hope the best for you and pray for you. And please pray for your brethren around the world and for us. And stay safe. Be careful. And in the good times and in the bad, trust in the Lord and look to Him. He will make a way. Good night, everybody. We love you.
0: Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, Pick up a copy of my book, The Rising, by Dana Glenn Smith. Go to our websites and check the links there. Until next time, shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.